0: Okay. I am Kamanzi Constable. I am a blah, 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 You could head to Kamanzi Constable and figure it out. Um, and I'm joined by my bestie, Mr. Jared Easley. Jared, who are you?
1: Uh, my name is Jared Easley, and I always tell people it's easily to remember,
0: which is kind of cheesy. And then if it's a
1: female, I introduce myself as Jared, like the jewelry store. And if it's a guy, say Jared, like the subway guy. And then most people remember my name when I say that, Kamandi.
0: <laughs> and I remember you as Jared, the podcasting guy. That's how I know Jared. Like whenever I heard Jared, like he's the king of podcasting.
1: Well, that's, I can guarantee you that's not true. Uh, but <laughs> let's take let's take the focus and, and, and spotlight off me for a minute because today is really your day, Kamandi, uh, for a few reasons. Number one, your birthday's tomorrow. Your wedding anniversary is coming up this week. It's on Thursday. And then on top of all that, if that wasn't enough, and it is enough, but if it wasn't enough, you've had an unbelievable win today with your book. Uh, Let's just go ahead and and enlighten everybody on the call. What's happened today with your book? This is amazing.
0: So, yeah, um, I always get asked, why did you go with the publisher when you've done so well? I'd I'd sold 82,000 copies of my book self-publishing, and people always say, why did you go with the publisher? Today is like one of those days where I'm like, this is why. Because a publisher can do things that you just can't do when you're self-published. So today my publisher was running a promotion of the book. They're using one of their secret magic strategies. Um, and this promotion is, it brought the price of the book down to 199 uh, for today and tomorrow. And that, today was the first day in like the first six hours, just kind of nothing. And then after that is when the sales actually hit on Amazon. And the book was ranked 869th out of 14 million books on Amazon. And I was like, oh, that's great. I looked at the next hour, and it was ranked 244th. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) And then I just looked last hour, and it was ranked 123rd out of all books on Amazon. It was number one in four categories. I was ahead of guys like Tony Roberts, James Altucher, and Eckhart Tolle. So it was uh, it was pretty incredible jared
1: <laughs> I mean that is just an amazing win and well deserved man because you've you've hustled and you you've worked really hard and been real strategic, so this opportunity is is hit and i I don't know that you expected the results that you' you've gotten so far today, but uh, definitely an exciting win so thanks for sharing that with a group and congratulations again so but yeah uh, what what is what is the uh, What's the reason we're getting together tonight? And some people are working, some people have stuff going on, but there's people who are taking time to either be on this call or they're going to listen to the playback, and why is that? What are we talking about tonight?
0: Today we're going to talk about three strategies that um, used to work or don't quite work as well. That have all that um, we kind we kind of accept these as like common knowledge. This is what you're supposed to do when you're building a business or an online business. This is what works. This is the strategy, and it's advice that's almost um, it's been given so much. And I hate to say this, I don't want to take a shot at anybody, but it's advice that's been given so much. It's it's almost cliche to a point. We just accept it that that's the the standard advice. And so today we're going to talk about three things that used to work really, really well, but now in today's crowded um, Internet market don't work as well, and we're going to give a little bit of hope at the end.
1: <laughs> well, we like How hope. does that sound? Uh, definitely hope, hope, not hype. Uh, all right, so why don't hope we... Hope, not hype. We'll kick off. So there, we're, we're discussing three things, three strategies, if you will, that will not work in 2015, at least the way that we've been told that they work in the past. So the first one is relying on social media. And there's probably a few people out here who are saying amen to that right now, because I've talked to a lot of folks, and they're just starting to get a little disgruntled with social media, whether it's uh, whether it's Facebook groups at death, or uh, no one, you know, do I post with a picture, do I post with a link, nobody's engaging with me, and And Kamanda, you recently wrote an article on, uh, it was featured on entrepreneur.com. It had thousands of shares and with Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and Pinterest and all all that. Um, You kind of hit on some specific points. I just want to touch on here for a little bit. Um, One of the things that you hit on in this article that was titled, Three Reasons Why Relying on Social Media Marketing is a Losing Strategy, your first point in this article was the organic reach will continue to decrease. And we know that's absolutely true with Facebook. Uh, I mean, you and I have tried a lot of different posts with Facebook. And even just recently, we figured out when you post, let's say, with a link, um, let's say you're posting a YouTube link or you're posting some kind of link to your website, the algorithm of Facebook kicks in, and it greatly decreases the visibility of that status. So you and I just, talked about it, and we decided, hey, let's try a little test. So instead of posting the link in the actual status update for Facebook, we took that same link, and then we just said in the status, hey, uh, check out this article. The link is in the comment. And then we would take the link in the first comment. And we noticed all of a sudden we got a lot more engagement on posts like that because we're like tricking or manipulating the Facebook algorithm because we're not simply putting a, a link. In the original status update. So, uh, you know, that's a little bit of a tangent, and also a little bit of a takeaway. Hopefully, for anyone on this call, is if you're posting links or you're sharing uh, links on Facebook, you may want to consider just putting an image or putting a, a text status, and then having that actual link in the comments, since that will increase how many people actually see the post. But we're, we're noticing it more and more: the organic reach of uh, posting especially in Facebook is continuing to decrease and the reason for that commodity we know this we're not uh, you know we're not naive we know this because they want us to pay to play they want us to pay for Facebook ads and I, I can tell everyone on this call we use Facebook ads uh, for different things that we do in our business um, and I, I'm in a business uh, with a, a gentleman named Dan Frank We are the co founders of the Podcast Movement Conference, which is the only international conference for podcasters by podcasters. And this last year was our inaugural year. And then we have the Business Podcasters Summit event that's coming up in January. It's an online conference for anyone that wants to grow their business with a podcast or they want to uh, take a podcast and turn that into a business. And we've used Facebook ads as a part of marketing. We just had Black Friday and Black Friday is a big deal, and Cyber Monday, and all you know that's the big opportunity to really get people's attention and sell. We used Facebook ads, and I'm here to tell you people, while we did see engagement, while we did see an increase in visibility our, in our promoting the ads through Facebook, that did not necessarily convert into sales. Now, um, you know, we, we tried everything based on the book, based on the training, based on the, the different... Um, resources that are out there, listening to podcasts, figuring out, okay, here's how you do this, here's the best practices, followed all those things, and still didn't have great, great exchanges. So even if you do pay to play with Facebook, even then, that doesn't guarantee success for your business. So I'm going to keep uh, moving on here, but, but that first point in that Entrepreneur article was you were talking about organic reach is continuing to decrease, and I couldn't agree more um, the other point that you made was the platform isn't yours, and, and everyone here understands that. You don't own Facebook. You don't own Pinterest. Uh, they can make a change at any point, and you're susceptible to that. And, and then you just kind of take it that's the way it is. A, a, a lady that I know named Crystal Payne, uh, she's a best-selling author, mommy blogger, uh, had tremendous success um, just doing Money Stating Mom. Some of you are familiar with her work. She uh, talked about how, how Facebook had changes, and up to up until those changes, she was getting unbelievable traffic, unbelievable engagement to a site. And as soon as Facebook algorithms changed, it, it cut off her traffic. And she was back at the drawing board, you know, trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to get this traffic back? And over time, she was able to get back to it. But just one example there that some of you may know, uh, some of you may be familiar with Crystal, she could tell you straight up, you know, Facebook just changed overnight, and then, no travel. She went through that. So that's one of the major reasons you don't want to put all your eggs in that basket, which leads into the third point that you wrote in that article about having a diverse strategy ensures ensure success. Would you be willing to just talk about that just for a minute? What is a diverse strategy?
0: Yeah, a diverse strategy means you're not dependent on any one thing. Um, a couple of years ago, we saw this in the SEO world i don 't know if you 've been around in the online world long enough in even two thousand and twelve and maybe even a little bit last year, like SEO was the big thing. People were uh, they had to get on the front page of Google they had Adsense they were making big money from SEO and then Google had one algorithm changed wiped out some people. They had a second algorithm change, wiped out a bunch of people. And if you were in the online world, you saw all the complaints and, and everything that was going on. But that was people's entire businesses. It was just SEO. And now it's history's kind of repeating itself with social media because everywhere you turn is a social media expert and, and this and that. They're building entire businesses on platforms that they don't own. So when Facebook more and more decides you're going to have to pay for this and we're going to make you pay for this and pay for that. um, That's taking a hit on somebody's business. So your business can't be built on a platform that's not yours and you have to have more options. So you have to be the person that does SEO. You have to be the person that does um, social media. You have to be the person that does webinars, that does podcasts, that does all these things. Um, if you have having your audience come to you from all these different places, if one of them takes a fall, guess what? You'll pick it up somewhere else. And that diverse strategy is what keeps uh, smart entrepreneurs in business for, for a long time.
1: Hey, Kamazi, let's, let's talk for a minute about, uh, okay, we, I don't think anyone in this call or listening to this playback is, is going to disagree and say, yeah, relying on social media, that's, that's where it's at. I think everybody would, would say, yeah, I get that. That's fine. I don't need to put all the eggs in that basket. I need to be more diverse with the strategy. One strategy that definitely had success in the past that doesn't appear to be as true anymore is guest posting for anyone who's a blogger out there. And you you know, people are saying, oh, you just go out and guest post, and, and then that you know has an opportunity to grow your visibility. And I'm sure that that has been true. And it's true depending on who you're guest posting for. But, come on, B, why is guest posting probably not the strategy that you want to rely on for 2015?
0: Yeah, guest posting was huge. Uh, one guest post from Michael Hyatt brought me 20,000 visitors. Um, writing for some of these bigger blogs was always guaranteed. Um, I had a friend who guest posted on ProBlogger this year. And ProBlogger has a huge audience and maybe they just didn't like his post. You know, who knows, but he got 20, 20 views from that post on ProBlogger. Like ProBlogger, like listen, think about that 300,000 subscribers. And again, it could be because they just didn't respond to his post. And that's, you know, that happens, but still guest posting is one of those things that it's been done so much. It's been done a lot. People see it a lot. So when they see a guest post, they're not as likely to click through. Um, it, it hasn't been, especially in the last like year or so, it hasn't been done really well. If you want somebody to click through with your guest posts, because we talked a little bit about hope, you've got to write content that people are going to click through um, to. But guest posts in, in general, you can't just land a guest post on a few sites and expect that's how you're going to get to all your traffic. If that's what you do and, and use in 2015 to get all your traffic, you're going to be sadly mistaken.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to bring up another point here. So we we talked about social media. We talked about guest posting. Uh, Another thing that's just a little bit frustrating for me personally is building an email list. So I don't think anybody's going to say building an email list is not a good thing. Building an email list is a good thing. But for someone who's new or someone who's um, just starting out, I mean, very, very beginner level, starting an email list can be really overwhelming. And and the problem is there's just so many people out there who are trying to get others on their email list. So it's like death by email list. And I I was talking to a friend of mine. She's not in this whole online space. She's not uh, trying to grow an online business. And she, in frustration, expressed to me, you know, I'm so sick of this, you know, she used the expletive, that I won't repeat on the call, but she's like, I'm so sick of this because everybody's an expert now. Everybody thinks they're an expert, and and I can't even be in Facebook and scroll through the statuses without seeing something, uh, somebody trying to sell me something, somebody's trying to get me to their site, where then I have to give them my email address. I'm just sick of it, and and I thought for a minute when she was saying that, you know, me too. I'm I'm kind of tired of that too, and. I have an opt-in on my page on starvedouts.com. That's where my, my podcast is, and it's a PDF guide because I was told, hey, you got to create a PDF guide that brings value. So I create this guide, and I don't really get that many people to subscribe to my email. So then it makes me think, well, am I doing something wrong? Uh, why why am I doing what people told me to do? And then you find out, okay, well, the rules have changed now. What worked two months ago, well, that's 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 old hat. that old. Know, like now there's a new thing. It's always something new with building your email list. And, and now people are, are giving away an arm and a leg to get your email. I mean, some folks are, I mean, like Novin Wazis is doing the branding, social branding summit, which I think is a genius idea, but he spent hours, weeks, months putting this thing together uh, so people would just opt in with an email address. Well, so what about the average person? I'm not going to have, maybe I have a day job, maybe I have kids. I'm not going to have time to go out and create epic, amazing thing just to get someone's email address. And then even if you do get the email address, there's no guarantee people are even going to read the emails when you send them. With Gmail doing promotion tabs, and yeah, there's little tricks around that. I totally get that. But then there's uh, different emails that search through your content of your email to see what kind of words you're using and based on what words it blocks it or it, it puts the spam or marks it a certain way so you're not reading it or you're less likely to read it. I mean, there's just all these challenges now because email marketing is such a big deal. And, and so it, it's just a frustrating thing. I, plus, I don't like to feel like a number when uh, someone's wanting me to opt in. Uh, maybe they're trying to help me, but at the end of the day, like I, I don't want to feel like you know just one of your 15,000 people on your email list. Like, I want to be a person. I'm a person just like everyone else on this call. we got Steven and Brenda and Steve and, and several others on this call. You're a person. You're not a number. Right? So, what, help us out here. Come on. I mean, you're starting to have success and you're seeing a lot of cool things happen in email list growth and stuff. But for the average person, for that other folks, it's just a frustrating thing. Like, what, how do you deal with that? What, what do you, what's your best advice there?
0: Yeah, when it comes to building your email list, um, I, I suggest number one, get real personal. Jared hit on something really important. Um, I don't I, I feel the same way too, like I'm just a number on somebody's email list. I don't feel like I don't feel that personal connection and obviously you can't reach out to everybody one on one in your email list. You can do it while it's smaller. You can definitely reach out one on one and talk to everybody. But building when you build those personal connections people feel more connected to you and to what you're doing. They become um, evangelists um, of what you're doing. And it's funny because um, we are talking about social media and Jared and I just, uh, we just interviewed Guy Kawasaki. Um, was I supposed to say that, Jared? Whoops.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's no so sacred It's coming up this week. So.
0: Okay. Uh, we interviewed Guy Kawasaki and, and you know, he's, he's he was the evangelist of Apple and now Canva. And, and you can't, Just feel like you are a a cog in the wheel. The people on your email list have to feel that personal connection to you. Um, If it's the tone of voice that you're writing in, if it's the things that you share with them, not constantly selling to them, um, if it's giving exclusive content to them, something that's just for them, that kind of makes it feel like an exclusive uh, club, That kind of stuff separates you from all the other email lists. That kind of stuff is what gets people to open your emails. Um, I think a lot of us are on a lot of email lists, Um, and I've asked this question before to a bunch of people, but I would guess all of us on this call are probably on at least, what would you say, Jared, 10 or 15 email lists?
1: Uh, I think that's fair.
0: Yeah, so we're all on a lot of lists here, and we don't always open those emails. But there are certain people whose emails I will always open, one of them being, I'll just tell you, one of them being Chris Brogan. Whenever Chris Brogan sends an email, I open it every time. Even though he's this big, huge, mega influencer, I love the way it feels like he's writing to me. He talks about what coffee he's drinking. He talks real, the tone is very personal. Um, it really feels like he's connecting with you, even though you know he wrote this email from whoever where, and he has so many people on his email list but that's that's what separates you is that personal connection, and then also every time you send out an email, send them some good content don't don't send them fluff people are tired of fluff I'm tired of fluff um send them some meat and potatoes and if you don't have meat and potatoes, don't send them anything don't don't put something out there just to get it out there um and uh Offer something cool, cool for your email list. Like Jared said, it was the PDF back then. Those PDFs don't work anymore. Now we've kind of gone to, uh, there's like, I've seen the extreme of giving away a whole bunch of stuff. I had, a, I saw one email list where a guy was giving away 21 marketing videos. Um, that's like too much content for somebody to consume. So you're kind of looking for, for that, that happy balance. But in 2015, if you want to build your, your email list, you're going to have to get personal, and you're going to have to be different than what the standard advice out there is. And if you do that, you'll, you'll definitely build that email list. Would you say so, Jared?
1: I, I, I do. You know, I want to open it up real quick. I mean, we've got a few things that we want to cover, but real quick, let's just unmute the group, and let, let's just see, is there anybody in here that feels the same way about social media, guest posting, email lists in general? Does anybody have anything they want to add to that?
2: Well, I'm I'm kind of a newbie here, so but um, this is Brenda again. I can just say that building my email list has been very difficult. (laughs) I'm kind of like I've got, you know, a hundred and probably 60 or 70 people that, that are on my list, but it's taken me about a year and a half to get that much, get that many people, and I am trying to engage with each one of them. And so any advice that you can give towards that would be wonderful.
1: Well, you're you're definitely not alone, Brenda. I mean, I, I've done a podcast that has been moderately successful, and i I don't have a big email list either. I don't have I don't even have a thousand people on my email list, and I've been I've been just like you, diligently working at it, and it, it's a small number. I, I'll I'll be I'll be very vulnerable on, on the call for for the Starved Outs podcast, which is a you know a, a moderately successful show that. Tends to do well, uh, you know, or, or relevantly well. It right now, if I were to look at my subscribers on my email list, I probably have just over 300. That's for the started out podcast, and I mean that just confirms right there. I mean, I'm doing what I would consider right. I've got a good podcast. I'm doing podcasting like expert Um I'm leveraging that. I've got the free PDF, and I'm I'm seeing the same thing you're seeing, Brenda. So you're not alone.
2: And I appreciate that. I know, like, I'm working on Twitter, building my Twitter list, and I'm almost at four thousand people right now following me, which is great. And I'm trying to connect with them and put them on list and, and and retweet and do that sort of thing. So I'm trying to use that as you know a way to connect with people as well. But I just don't have the people signing up for the email list as, as fast. Of course, so I would love for it to be happening, but anyway. Cool.
1: No wait, yeah,
2: totally get it. Samanji,
0: yeah, what are you? Um, what is the? What's your conversion rate, Veranda? And I mean, you don't have to know the exact percentage, but like, how many people are signing up that that come to your website? Is it a bunch of people coming to your website and not signing up?
2: Mm, I won't say there's a bunch of people here lately. I've gotten more people because I'm doing a collaboration with other writers, and so I am. I have kind of built a ministry out of it, and I'm allowing. Other other writers, other women, to come and put posts on there as well. So I've got about eight or ten writers now that are writing with me, and I am seeing an increase because part of being part of this team is that we're sharing each other's stuff, and so that that has seemed to increase the traffic to the website. And so with that, I'm hoping that more more people will sign up, but I really don't know exactly what percentage it is right now. It's it's still a very low percentage, so.
0: Yeah, okay, on, I, want, I want to
1: say something real quick. Right, go
0: go ahead. Well,
1: no, I, just I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. I don't want people to sit here and think, oh, you know, Jared and Brenda and Monty and people are complaining because they don't have that many people on the email list. That's not true. I mean,
2: yeah, just the fact that you have
1: over a hundred people on an email list. I mean,
2: that's that's really amazing. So you were.
1: If you were at a I don't know, we'll get the background but, there, but. but if you were at an event, for example, in front of over hundred people that would be a pretty big deal. You would take this pictures of that. You'd you would post it yeah. on Facebook. You'd post post that on you Twitter. On all Twitter. right. So I mean it's it's great to have
2: great to have
1: the people and we appreciate the people on the email list. so I don't want anybody to to misunderstand here and think we're complaining. But but of course Like any any other thing in business, you want to do better, you want to grow. So while we're not uh, being ungrateful for the people that are on our list and we do want to treat them like people, like somebody said, be personal, uh, we're also looking at how how do we also grow that.
2: Absolutely. And, And, you know, I can add to that because I remember talking to Jeff Goins and Jeff was telling me, he said, you know what, it's almost like having, even if you only have 50 people, he says, wouldn't it be awesome to have those fifty people come knock on your door and say, "Tell me something. You know, I want I want to learn from you. You know, you've you've got that open um, opportunity to go into their their world by using you know them giving you your email their email. Um, so that is a very big opportunity that people are trusting you enough to give you that email address and everything. I know on the flip side of that, on the business side of it, we're told if you want a publishing contract. Then build your platform. Build your platform. Build your platform. <laughs> platform is is part of gathering email addresses. So you know it is more than just having that email address. It's it's engaging with those people, and that's what I'm trying to do.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Once you, the more you engage with them, the more they're going to tell other people about you and your stuff.
1: You, you know, come on. I, I do appreciate that word that Jeff Coin showed shared with Brenda. I mean, there's been times when I felt like, okay, and I'm not picking on Jeff Goins because I think Jeff has amazing advice, Uh, but there are people who it it feels like they're having great success. How can they relate to someone like me? Because they have thousands of people on their email list. So how can they speak to me and say, okay, um, it's okay that you only have a few hundred on your email list. Uh, You know, you just need to handle it this way. Well, it's real easy to say that if you've got thousands. You know, so it's almost like I feel like there's a little disconnect between some some uh, experts. And again, I'm not picking on Jeff. Jeff Jeff does a great job and shares, uh, and does just an amazing job. But there are others out there that I feel that, that I feel like they're disconnected. They don't they don't understand you know being in the trenches and being at the very very bottom. Or I feel like they're pretty far removed from that. You know, because they've overcome it, which is awesome. But how to how does Brenda overcome it? How do I overcome it? And, and I think that's a nice little uh, way to segue because we don't want to leave this call just saying, okay, oh man, all of this is, is not working and uh, bummer. <laughs> you know, I, I <laughs> there are some strategies clearly that are working. Um, and and you are not touched on a few of these recently with the podcast, like uh, getting good traffic to your site. How do you do that? Getting booked on TV, booking paid speaking, booking consulting with companies. Uh, you know, building a a podcast that actually people listen to and engage with. Uh, If you're in a day job, transitioning from that into um, work that you love, basically borrow a line from Dan Miller. So there are some things that are working. So, Kamanzi, let's just talk about that for a minute.
0: Yeah, the things that work, yeah, definitely. Um, Well, the the things that work are um, guest posting if done right? like writing articles on large website, I think a lot of people know that I'm pretty, um, I'm an advocate for writing for large websites and I kind of see that um, that movement is taking off there, but that's gonna be a lot more effective than a guest post will be. Um, when it comes to social media, or we'll just hit on the three areas you talked about. When it comes to social media, um, being engaging, putting good content, but more than anything, what we learned from uh, Guy Kawasaki, it's testing what works for your audience. Um, not listening to what the experts say about posting once a day and do this and do that. Um, guy said, you've got to test what works for your audience because everybody is different. So testing testing what works for your audience, being consistent, consistently posting, uh, posting really good content that people can share with and engage. And that, one thing he really said that, that I, stuck with me, Jared, was he said that, is this shareable? Uh, would people actually want to share this? And there's a lot of things that's posted that um, people wouldn't want to share. So that's why lately I've been trying to avoid anything political or stuff like that. That's stuff that people really don't want to share and they shy away from. But if you're positive, if you're funny, that's the kind of stuff that people share on social media. And then the third one, uh, build your your email list, which we talked about there. Um, Get real personal with the email list. Send out exclusive content. Uh, Don't make people feel like a number. They don't want to feel like a number, so don't make them feel that way. Um, have probably a better freebie. A lot of freebies that we see out there uh, now um, are not that great or there's just something that people see somewhere else. Try to go outside of the box with your freebie. Something that people don't think about. Something that's fun and, and unique and really special to you and your audience. Um, but that, that would help your email rate, like Brenda was talking about per um, opting rate. Maybe it's the freebie. I don't know. I haven't seen your freebie, Brenda, but maybe it's a freebie. And and for anybody else who's not getting opt-ins, maybe that's what it is. Um, maybe you just need more traffic in general, and that goes back to guest posting and podcasting and all that good stuff. But I think the overall message that we're trying to say here in, in 2015 is um, build your business differently. Build it unique to you who you are, don't try to copy anybody else because copying doesn't work. People will connect with that person, they won't connect with you. And then really, um, where you focus, what are you spending your time on? Is that time on Twitter, is it gonna add any value at all to your business? Is that time on Facebook, is it it gonna be profitable? Or are you just in tangents? Are you answering a bunch of emails from somebody in your email list? Yeah, the person that emails and says, hey, I love your content. I really love this. Could you tell me about that? So you tell them. And then they ask another email, another email. And before you know it, you got a thread that's like 20 emails long. And that's time you wouldn't have given back. And then in the end, you don't get any business from that. You know, so it's where do you focus your time? Um, What do you focus on? And what things do you do that are actually going to build your business? Not, um things that seem like they're going to build your business, but things that are relevant to where you are. And then, of course, as Brenda said, building that platform or that online presence because no matter what you want to do, you want to get on TV, you want to get booked on a podcast, you want to um, get a publishing contract. That's that's what it's all about. It's about how big your your presence is and not only how big but how engaged because if you had a smaller presence but they were engaged, people would see that.
1: Kavansi, hey, I want to touch on something you said. You, you said something about, you know, you don't copy other people. And that message is a little bit contrary or conflicting with other messages that say, okay, success leads clues, or look at what the big boys are doing and then kind of copy that or make it your own. How do you differentiate the two? How do you balance that be- between taking action, being smart, building your business or growing your idea, um, but also, you know, seeing models or, or what people are doing and, and not copying it, like you said, but learning from that. Like, I don't know, like, I guess speak to that a little bit because there's probably people who are scratching their heads. They're like, well, if I'm not going to copy anybody, then what am I supposed to do? Because, you know, I, I need to figure out what to do in the first place. So um, we know that copying's not ideal. That's not good. That's not recommended. So what do we do?
0: Yeah. What you want to do is you can definitely model frameworks, but not copy. And when I say that, so when I say a framework, like um, if you were wondering what to price your products or services, um, if you look at a framework, a framework is tiered pricing. So you offer three or four different packages. And that tiered pricing structure is a framework that Derek Halpern teaches. He teaches people why you will you, you want your low price, your mid price, the price that you actually want and then that fourth price, it's got to be so crazy high that when people look on the fourth price, they look at the third one, they're like, wow, that's cheap compared to this. I'm going to go with the third option and you get the price that you really want. That's a framework. And so you use that and you set that up on your business using a framework of tier pricing, you plug in your prices for your services. Now copying would be if you went to Derek Halpern's site, you just copied his tier pricing and all his wording and you put that on your website. Then you've just completely copied. But if you use a framework and model it to your business, that's okay. Um, copying would be like a speaker page. Michael Hyatt has a really great speaker page. And I can go to about 100 websites right now that have the exact same wording as Michael Hyatt's speaker page. Like, I mean, they just copied it and put it on their website. That's copying. Uh, if you want to use the framework that Michael uses, like he starts with his bio and then a video of him speaking and then this and that, if you want to use like that framework or a mashup of it, that would be using the framework, but sit in, there and copying and modeling everything he does that's copying and that's not going to work for you because guess what you're not michael hyatt <laughs> he's michael hyatt and he's got the name recognition and the platform so you doing that it's not going to help you stand out at all
1: i come on if it's all right let's open it up to the uh, people who are on the call quick and, and let's just hear if anyone's willing to share what's one thing that's working for you right now and and we've already heard from brenda and we'll come back to you brenda That. But... Steve or anybody else who wants to speak up, what's one thing that's working for you right now?
0: Um, this is Steve.
1: The so one thing that's been working for me, and ever since I talked to Kamanzi is
0: consistency
1: and having my own paid site. Ever since I started doing that, I I've had a lot of a lot of page views, not hundreds, but I've, I've, been ga- I've been gaining consistency. Uh, Rory Vaden talks about it. If you're cons- he, when he first started out, he was consistent, and it took him like took him over a year to get a lot of buildup in viewers and stuff like that. And that really worked for me. So. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Is there is there anybody else who want to share something that's really working for you right now? How
2: about you, Brenda? Um, basically, what's working for me is, like I said, um, letting other people actually come and post with me on my site. That's really been helpful to um, engage with other other writers. So uh, I have, like I said, about eight or ten ladies that are posting with me and we're sharing each other's and and my my strategy is. You know, we're not in competition with each other. We're all in this together. You know, yes, we're all trying to, to I, I don't want to say it sounds funny about this, but, you know, get recognized in a, a big world out here. But, um, you know, in my situation, we're all trying to share share the gospel. And so that's that's kind of what we're doing together. And that seems to be working very well.
1: Well, you're you're doing something I think is really important, Brenda. And that's collaboration, and and I've actually benefited greatly from collaboration, and and definitely encourage anybody. And you're only one person; you only have so many strengths, and uh, you definitely want to consider finding unique ways to uh, collaborate with other people to continue to increase the visibility of your core message or your business, or uh, also increase the likelihood of success. I, I applaud you on that, Brenda. Sometimes you got to sync up schedules and you got to, um, you know, think through uh, different challenges that come up when you're working with other folks. But coll- collaboration really is something that does work and not enough people do. So I, I think that's a good strategy for sure.
2: Thanks. Yeah, I really kind of got that from you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, of course, Jimmy Burgess was my coach, and Jimmy helped me, you know, like he did you did, you get my book to number one Amazon bestseller, and and I believe that it's investing that time. I, I'm very much of a go-getter, and so when I put my mind to doing something, I'm I'm doing it, <laughs> you know. But but I I figured out this is a big world. I can't do it all by myself, and so you know I I, I totally enjoy helping other people as well. So anyway.
1: Oh, I think something else you're doing, Brenda, that that other people want to consider is how you kind of um, matched up with other other writers that are have similar interests as in you, and uh, you know, there's there's ways to do that regardless of what your business or what your idea, or what your niche is. Uh, if you can find people who are in a similar space and then kind of link arms with those people, strategically align with them. Again, that's just one more way of getting your message out there to more people. So I, I, I don't think enough people do that, but I think when when people do get it and they come together, uh, it, it's like that. Uh, like, like some of these groups, like uh, One Direction, right? You know, if you just had one person, maybe maybe it's successful, but the group comes together and then they have all these uh, just mega hits and, and maybe One Direction is a bad example. And Madhu shaking his head right now. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you get the idea, though. I mean, there's lots of opportunities to increase visibility if you're strategically aligning with other people. You, other people, when you have a group that the group gets noticed a lot quicker. Uh, excuse me, a lot quicker than the individual, in most cases. So, yeah,
0: definitely. And uh, Steve, are you still on this call? Steve, are you still there? No, Steve was here. He would share. Steve just recently got in as a contributor at Entrepreneur Magazine, so that's a big win for Steve.
1: Oh, man. Congrats, Steve. Yeah, that's a huge win. How many people are reading entrepreneur.com? I mean, that's got
0: to be a lot. $35 a month.
1: I'm sorry to hear that. that, that, That's a few more people than uh, are listening to my podcast, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, congrats, Steve, if you're listening to the recording on this. Well, yeah. I think, Jared, I don't think we'll take up um, too much of anybody's time if there's no more. Is there any more questions?
1: I, you know, I before I, I don't think there's any more questions. So I'll just go ahead and jump in here. Come on, I think you know we want people to have the best 2015 ever, and of course, you know, we're offering a class that is related to the new book that we're going to be putting out this next year. So let's just real quick let's tell people who are listening. Uh, whether it's on the call or the playback, let's tell them about the class that's coming up.
0: Yeah, the class is called Stop Chasing Influencers. And what Jared and I have told people is that's not a shot at anybody. It's just a a statement. And Guy Kawasaki said it in our interview. Don't don't chase anybody. Um, Figure out how to build this on your own. And this class is going to be three weeks, hour and a half long sessions. And we're going to talk about what works and what will work in 2015, and, there, and there's the dogs that Jared loves so much, what um, will we'll work in, in 2015, and we're going to talk not just like the fluff and the general, like have it freebie, build dream, but not not the fluff. We're going to really dig into the meat and potatoes of this. And Jared and I have been working on the coursework, and I, I would say there's some pretty good meat in there. What would you say, Jared?
1: No, no, no doubt. I mean, we're we're covering foundation stuff, growth, making money, uh, if you're in the day job, transitioning. Uh, obviously, we're going to get a lot more specific with that. We have a private community that we've got uh, almost 20 people in at this point. There's only a few spots left, and we're starting soon. So if that resonates with anybody, definitely consider uh, connecting with that. But, yeah, I mean, the book's going to be coming out this next year. And, yeah, we'll continue to, to offer some calls like this from time to time because we want to, provide you know different ideas and, and different opportunities for people to listen in and, and start thinking about how they can create a bigger and better 2015 and I think as long as that's your goal and you're being smart about that and you're getting good advice on that um, that's the first step you got you got to take those first steps and and so I applaud everyone for taking time to listen to this tonight thank you for that
2: thank you recording right,